Okay, Parsha Shlach, Tavshin Ayintes, as, uh, as we continue here and we get into more of the meat of Sefer Bamidbar. We started complaining last week, but this, as we know, is a defining moment in our history, a tragically defining moment in our history, as the Gemara Masechah's Titus tells us that we cried a Bechia Lechinam, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give us a Bechia Lidoros. Just schedule note, uh, after this week, the next uh, couple of uh, weeks, Eight or so will be uh, from Chutz Laretz. The Parsha Shir Bez Hashem. I hope to continue. I hope I miss one later in the in the in the summer, but I hope uh, to continue um, as we can uh, as we continue through the summer. Okay, so Parsha the Meraglim. Parsha the Meraglim. There's so much to say. There's so much that has been said. Let's just add our one other uh, fascinating connection and understanding from Rav Salvechik. So the Torah tells us, Hashem Hashem says to Moshe, Shlach Lecha Anashim. Shem says to Moshe, and in the past years we've paralleled uh, the description that happens here and the description in Sefer Dvarim. There are differences between the uh, the two uh, about Moshe's role, about exactly what was asked. Uh, but here Hashem tells Moshe, Shlach lecha anashim. Every word is darshan by Chazal. Why lecha? Why anashim? Viyasuru? Why viyaturu? Right? Every word. Uh, for you, Rashi obviously says, Shlach lecha, lecha, ani lecha. I'm not telling you. If you want, as if Moshe Rabbeinu is making this decision from lecha, anashim. I'll say anashim. If Moshe would have, as uh, the Klayakar points out, if he would have sent women, it wouldn't have happened. Because the women were mechabavot, but the problem was the anashim. Viyasuru. Viyasuru. So that's something important. It doesn't say viyuraglu. Right, that happened afterwards. They became the Miraglim. But when they went in, they weren't Miraglim. Or at least the Torah doesn't call them Miraglim yet. The Yasuru, Aseretz Kanan, Asher Anino, Seilev Nei Yisrael, Ishachad, Ishachad, Lamate, Avosat, Tishlachu, Kol Nasi Bahem, the Nesim are sent. So what exactly was the purpose of the of the sending? You know, already the Rishonim deal with it, the Ramban, right, was it a military uh, scouting out exactly how to get in, um, you know, why they need that, when HaKadosh Baruch already promised it. Says Rev Salvechik in source number one, the spies' mission was not to spy. They were called spies afterwards because that's what they ended up doing. L'ragel. But it was v'aturu, latura sa'aretz, to scout the land. L'ragel means spying to identify the military weak spots in the defense system of a potential enemy. Yosef accused his brothers of being meraglim. Meraglim atem. Right, that, that's a negative, right? You've come, basem. I know why you came, right? That's 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 a negative. Nothing of that sort was entrusted to the twelve sp- twelve scouts. Their assignment, spelled out by Moshe, was to search and explore, to scout, to be a tarim, tayarut, be a tourist, look around, see the sights, make yourself comfortable. Right? If anybody ever went to a certain country and saw certain sites. If they ever went back a second time to that country, they were already a little more comfortable. Already a little more comfortable. It says of Salvation, that was the purpose of sending the Tarim. Have the first experience. It was not military intelligence, but a study mission. See the land, right? As it says in Pasig Yudches, Ure'isem es mahi, Reading the Psukim. Again, also, Pazak Yazayin. Fayishlach Osa Moshe, Latur Eretz Kenan. Go up, go up the mountain, look at it. Umaharat Asher Yosheba. Hatobahi Imra'a. Utobi Ma'arib Asher Yoshebaina. Find out about it. Find out about everything about the land. Doesn't sound like, doesn't sound military based on the questions and the instructions that Moshe gives. Moshe needed no military intelligence, the Rav writes. When the Jews left Egypt, they needed none here. Right? They left. They went out. Moshe knew very well that it was going to be accompanied by Nisim, as was Yitziah Mimitzrayim. So what was the purpose? To get to know Eretz Yisrael. To get to know Eretz Kanaan. So what does that mean? Says Rav Salvechik, fascinating. Moshe acted in accordance with the principle in the beginning of the second paragraph of Masechus Kedushin, where the Gemara tells us, Asur l'kadesh isha a man is not allowed to get married, Kiddushin, until he first sees his wife. And he gets to know her a little bit. <laughs> Only after that, does Kiddushin take place. 
Moshe acted in accordance with the principle. One must not, must not propose to let alone wed a woman he does not know, no matter how, how highly recommended. Right? The Torah tells us, right, by Yitzchak and Rivka, after Yitzchak uh, was brought Rivka, then he went inside the tent and by Yehaveha. But notwithstanding the servant's portrayal of Rebecca's wisdom, intelligence, hospitality, and kindness, Yitzchak did not take her for a wife immediately. As Rashi interprets, only after all of a sudden he sees what returned. He sees the bracha b'isa. He sees the nair. Right? He sees the cloud. Ah. Get to know her a little bit. Would she restore the glory and the pristine beauty of Sarah's tent? Yitzchak waited to see if the same cloud would return, if the yeast in the dough would rise, if the candle would, would be relit. When he saw, he realized that this is for real. Because by a marriage, before we go into it, it's, it's a unbelievable, unable to put into words type of relationship between a husband and a wife coming together. So you can't go into that without, even if somebody promises you, you have to get a little taste beforehand. And then it could become comfortable. Marriage is not an ordinary transaction. It's not just a civil commitment or a mundane partnership. It is an existential commitment, a covenantal union, as Rav Salvechik writes. Two lonely people join their souls. Two strangers decide to unite their destinies, to share the same fate, to suffer and rejoice together, to travel together and pay the toll of the road jointly. When one takes on such an all-inclusive, all-encompassing commitment, can't trust anybody. You have to experience it yourself a little bit. We're about to go into Eretz Yisrael. And the connection between Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael is exactly that type of commitment. There's a covenantal agreement. A covenantal connection. An existential, deep yearning that, that there will be forever. And to have that, Moshe Rabbeinu sends the tarim. Get to know the land a little bit. And look at the psukim. You see this pshat. You're like, that's what the psukim say. See how good it is. See what you like about it. Hatovahi. Check it out. The Jews at this time were a bit ready to march to the promised land. The entry into the land of Israel was not a physical act of crossing the Yardane. It was a marriage between a people and a land. A union of the rocky hills and the sandy trails with the people returning to its origin. And it's a marriage forever. As we know, there's never been a story like ours in history where a people have been exiled by their land and 2,000 years later they're davening to come back and they're yearning for all of its people to come back. It's unheard of. But a marriage works both ways. As the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, based on the Pasuk in Yechezkel, the land didn't bear fruit until we came back because the land had its connection and its love too, and it was holding out for its partner, for its spouse to come back. And not until the mid-1800s, till the land bear fruit, after not having borne fruit for almost 1,600 years, 1,700 years, because it's a marriage. Consequently, the people could not just enter the land without meeting it first. They knew it was a land of milk and honey, but they had to experience it and get acquainted with it before they became united. And that is the creative shot of That was the purpose. They didn't fulfill that purpose. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. We've mentioned in the past the thought of some of the Baalei Machshava explaining the Gemara and Kiddushan on that base, where we know one of the sources for Kiddushan Kesef, getting married using Kesef, which is what we do today. Uh, Kiddushan Kesef, one of the sources is Kicha Kicha Miste Ephron. Right, buying, when Avram bought the Maras Machpelah. Right, so some might ask what getting married is like buying a piece of karka. Right, is that how we look at it? Kicha kicha miste Ephron? And we say just the opposite. Our connection to Eretz Yisrael is a marriage. And that's how they're connected. Kicha kicha miste Ephron. Lamed venimsa lamed. Right, you think you're learning from one, but really it's Megala on the other. And that's how we approach Parsha Shlach, every Jew. Every year there are certain Parshios where every Jew has to reinvigorate themselves in their connection to Eretz Yisrael. Parsha's Lech Lecha is one of them. Maybe Parsha's Osa Bracha is another one. Parsha Shlach is definitely up there. Maybe Parsha's Vaschanon, Moshe Davids. But Parsha Shlach, every Jew has to remember we are only married to one land. 
And if we feel that we're married to a different land, one might call that znus. One might call that as the, the Navi calls. Right? But this is HaKadosh Baruch who created this marriage. Hashem was the Shadchan. Hashem was the Shadchan. So we, we, we think that the Shadchan didn't, didn't make the right, uh, right call. HaKadosh Baruch who made the right call. So we have to just remember who we're married to and deepen our connection wherever we might be on earth, recognize the marriage between Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Moving right along. So we have another description of the chait. Later on, they come back. They returned. Again, it's still saying tour at the end of 40 days. Forty, we know, is a number that comes up often in the Torah. Forty is a unit. right? It just so happened to be 40 days. And it just so happened the punishment was 40 years. There's something about the number 40. Every, many numbers are, are, um, are unique, but the number 40. They come back to Moshe and Aaron on all the eight of El Midbar Paran Kadesha. Show and tell. They showed him the fruit. They came to the land that you sent us. Here it is. Yes, this is, this is what it is. Ephes kiyazaam. But, you know, they, they said a little bit of MS, as Rashi points out, but then they went off and obviously Yeshua and Kali tried their best, but it did not, it did not work out. So if we look in the Shvile Chaim, uh, of Chaim Alaziri from Canton, Ohio. He writes that obviously we have to try to figure out exactly what the chait was, but, it's clear that Moshe Rabbeinu had chashashos beforehand. Right? At least using Chazal to interpret the Psukim. Moshe already had some worries. As we know, Moshe Rabbeinu changed Yeshua's name. Right? And Rashi quotes, he wanted him to be protected. Wanted him to be protected. And it's amazing if you think about it, Moshe Rabbeinu davened and davened and davened and his tefillah was always answered, even by the Chet Egel and by the Misoninim and by Adas Korach. Every time Moshe, something happens in terms of Moshe achieving forgiveness. Here it didn't work. Here Moshe Rabbeinu, right, to try to get the Chil Hashem, Hashem says, forget it, they're not going in. They're not going in. Ki Adua, line 10. He was mochel. And even on the chet ego, which we would think is the worst. Right? Very machmir. When Moshe Rabbeinu pushed and davened, right, his fila was only accepted lamechsa. Right, lamechsa. A little bit. But what exactly was the root chait? And then he continues and says, as I just mentioned before, line 11, He guessed. Right? He changed Yeshua's name. He added on the Yud. And right when Kalev goes in, right? it wasn't something that happened in the land. Kalev the first, he gets off the plane and he says, guys, I just run into Hebron, I'll be back. They didn't do anything wrong yet. Obviously, he felt, he felt something underneath, even on the way there. Moshe felt it, Yeshua, obviously, the recipient of the, of the Yud. And Kalev, as we know, was Nishtatech al Kivrei Avos, Nisas We quoted in past years, why Dafka Moshe only gave a letter to Yeshua and not to Kalev, and why only Kalev went to Kever Avos and not Yehoshua. Right, how each of them was matim, the Chavetz Chaim explained how each one had a different koach and a different um, danger to them. They were susceptible to a different hashpa, um, and that's why they each needed something else. Okay. But either way, Gabshri Yasadikim, Halalu, Yishuva Kalev, Zkukim, Oilerachmi, Shamayim, Avos HaKadoshim. So what exactly was the, was the issue? So, line 23, Chazal Donim B'Inyan Zev, Adarshim, Bokim, Enchom. A man gets an amazing wife for his 
child, Ashushin Kamosa Bechol HaOlam. Amar Lo Aben, Eilach Ve'erosa, let me go look. Shalim Amin Ba'aviv. Yan Hukshatah Ve'er Olaviv. Oh, you don't believe me? You don't believe me? And if you go, I'm telling you, you have to have a certain perspective. V'kach HaKadosh Baruch Hu Amar Yisrael, Tova Aretz, Lo Aminu I love, Amru Nishlachan Hashem Lefaneinu. You know what the problem with the Raglam was? The request itself. Again, many say this, but we're saying it through the Shvili Chaim this year. Etzem shiluach hamaraglim latura sa'aretz ha'imaisa meguna. A lack of bitachon, a lack of trust. The ultimate that a, let's say a parent, wants from a child, okay, children, we all make mistakes. A child makes a mistake. I need to be able to trust you. The second that I can't trust you, then then that affects it affects everything that I that I, I believe in you. I want to believe in you. I want to trust you. And the second that a parent and a child violates that trust, that breaks that breaks an element of the relationship. Bnei Yisrael violated that trust. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, "I'm telling you, I'm telling you." Moshe understood this. That's why he davened. The Kalev is Pala Ba'atzmo, and that's why Kalev, why are we going? But Moshe didn't refuse them. Why didn't Moshe then refuse them? How would that have helped? The problem of Bitachon was there already. Moshe should have just said, trust Hashem. But they obviously had something inside. So Moshe felt that, you'll see it's Eretz of Aschalav Fine, it's a, it's a hate. That's why I'm davening for them, but I'm hoping for the best. But Kalev goes to Kever Avos. Yoshua had a supernatural protection with the Yud. Okay. But Kalev went to Kever Avos. Why Dafka Kever Avos? Just, you know, Davin, so they Davin for me? Was there something deeper about going to Kever Avos, going to Chevron? Says the Shvili Chaim. Agav Kavana Amuka Tsvuna Bamasakali Lishtadek Al Kiri Avos Bechevron. Gamukachir Mesupakaya. Right? He's, he, maybe even he had some doubts, but he didn't want to have any doubts. Maybe he was already a little mushpa from the trip. But, I'm sorry, I skipped. Let's go back for a moment. Line six. So what did Kalev realize that he needed? He needed the connection to the Avos. Because his forefathers, they knew what Eretz Canaan was. They knew what it means to be married to Eretz Canaan. And I need to strengthen my connection with that. Not just a meta, metaphysical daven for me. If I go back to the Avos and I remember their lives and I remember the connection that they had and their, their realization of the marriage, Visham gam matza nochan lenafsho, upitero nochan lesfeikosav, im tova haisa laavos, tova higam labanim. And when we're connected to our ancestors and we realize what they felt about Eretz Yisrael, so then that'll strengthen us. And then he writes, and he's writing in the 1950s, We don't lack people who are talking negatively about the land of Israel. Right? There are maraglim even bizman hazeh. What a terrible land. And there are those that are negative. But you know what? We have a lot of Kalevs. And we have to just connect to that. So many Jews, Baruch Hashem, he says, aren't listening to those Meraglim. And they're going up. Again, another, another story that has never happened in the history of the world. You know, the amount of population expansion from 1948 to 1950 to 1965 to 1965. It's unbelievable, the expansion of the population. No other country in the history of the world ever was able to host and not host, to help acclimate it, to help, to help uh, populate the, the, uh, the land. And everybody could come. War of return, right? You're married, okay? 
Show your marriage certificate to Eretz Yisrael, and that's all. And that's, he says, All these Jews are going in the 1950s, 60s. Where did this come from? Who gave the strength to the exiled, broken Jew? To go to a totally foreign land. And not to be scared. What made the Ramban go? What made the Rabbi Huda Levi go? It's our connection to Am Yisrael and our Avos and our ancestors. Because this is where we come from. Many of the, among the, those who came, the pioneers, the Chalutzim, there were many that were very comfortable in Galas. They were very comfortable in their communities. They had all the Gashmias in the world. And they came to work hard to, to dry out the swamps. Hamamiros with the mosquitoes. They came to, to, to fix the land. Where does that come from? It comes from the connection to the Avos, exactly what Kalev went to do. Kalev went to Hebron because he wanted to strengthen his connection to Eretz Yisrael. And he says, if I look at my ancestors. Right, so same thing, every generation. We look at our ancestors and we realize what it's about and we realize that we just have to make that, we have to make that connection. Make that connection. And he continues again and he says, um, he wasn't machish the Maraglim. He didn't say it wasn't hard. He didn't say that the... He said, We could do it. He didn't say they were lying. He said, but we could do it. In every generation. Nobody's saying it's easy. Nobody says it's easy. But we could do it. And if every Jew in the world said that, Eretz Yisrael and Israel would look very differently. Right? Look very differently. And all the great communities in Chutz Laaretz would decide Eretz Yisrael will look differently. But we have to remember the marriage that we have. This parsha of parshas of parsha shlach. Related to this, we've quoted in the past the thought of Rav Chaim Ivalajan in his commentary on Perkei Avos, turning the page to source number five. Rav Chaim Ivalajan points out in the fifth parak of Perkei Avos that next page the uh, the Torah the Mishnah tells us that there were ten generations from Adam to Noach, there were ten generations from Noach to Avraham, and the Mishnah lists the generation. And then it says there are ten generations from ten, ten Nisyonos that Avram Avinu uh, passed the Chulu. And the Rechaim Ibelajan notes that the first Mishnah that says from Noach to Avraham does not say the word Avinu. It just says Avraham. While in the second, next Mishnah, it says Avram Avinu passed ten tests. Right? Why Dafka only the second Mishnah has Avinu? Right? If it said the first one, okay, fine. The first one said Avinu. The second one, why, why Dafka? So it says Rechaim Ibelajan, we've quoted this often. Because through the test that Avraham passed, he put it into the DNA of his descendants to pass their tests and to pass like tests. They become part of our DNA makeup. Just a little bit of Yagiya. Like we see, throughout history, how many Jews have, were, gave their lives for our Kaddish Baruch How many were ready not to, not to give in to another religion? How many were there? How many Karbanas? That's why the Mepharshim point out, the Akedah is our greatest chus. Because everything else the Avos did, you know, maybe we don't do it as well. You know, the Chesed of Avraham and the Torah of Yaakov, but the Akedah of Yitzchak, we're, we're on par. Am Yisrael is on par regarding Akedah. And you know what? Maybe even passed because Yitzchak wasn't even killed. It wasn't even. It was Ke'ilu. Avram was ready. But how many karbanas did we, have we actually had in past 2,000 years? So we're with flying colors. But Avram Avinu gave us that koach by passing his tests. It's a little cut off on the side. Right, that he, he jumped into the fiery furnace. All the tennis And then he quotes. 
What's shy for us? Somebody who gets up, somebody who's very comfortable in Gullus, wherever he is, beautiful house, everything's comfortable, pizza shops, everything, and then all of a sudden they want to make Aliyah. Where does that come from? It's so complicated. It's so challenging. What's going to be? So many questions, so many unknowns, foreign country. And yet people do it. Where does that come from? It comes from Avram Avinu. He's a Vinu regarding the Nisyonos. And that's what Kalev realized. He had to connect to Avinu. Lech Lecha. The Kabbalist called the Abdi Mishmael Tavni Yisrael Arav. So here are the Chulu, whenever a Jew has has a proper perspective, even through Tsaris, that comes from Avram Avinu, not complaining whether it was a Rav Baretz. But this is what we have to remember. And this is what we have to take with us. Says the Shvi Chaim, connecting to the Avos Ha'uma, and in that way strengthen our connection to, to Eretz Yisra. Okay. Continuing, moving right along. One other thought. One other thought related to the Miraglim. Again, obviously that's the major event in the Parsha. Let's go to the next parak, parak Yudalet. They lifted up their voice and they cried. And they cried. Kol ha'eda Rashi Sanhedraos. So we'll get back to that Sanhedrin, even the Sanhedrin. Says Rav Schwab in Mayan Beis Hashoeva quotes the Gemara Masecha Sanhedrin. Like we said before, Amar Abba Yochanan Oso Alayla Lamid Leil Tishabav Hayab. It was Tishabav when they came back. Amar Lemakadish Baruch Hu Liyisrael Atem Bechisem Bechia Shalchinam Vaniak Falachem Bechila Doros. I'll give you something to cry about. There's a connection between the Chorbanos and Miraglim. Right, what exactly is the connection between, obviously Miraglim is a rejection of Eretz Yisrael, the Chorban was an exile from Eretz Yisrael, but is there something, is there something deeper? Is there something deeper? Says the Mayan Beis HaShoeva, says Rav Shua. If we notice, we know that in Eicha, it's all in alphabetical order, the Aleph Beis, except the Pei and the Ayin are flipped. Pei comes before Ayin. And why is that? The Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us there in Daf Kufdalad, Amar Abba, Amar Biochanan, Bishlomah Hiktim Pei La'ayin. Why is the Pei earlier? Because the Meraglim put their Pei before their Ayin. They put their mouth, they talked, before they, they put their Pei in front of the, in front of what they saw. What does that mean? Hiktimu Pei La'ayin. They, they said something wrong. What does that have to do with what they saw? What did Hikdimu Pelayin? Right, you would have thought when it, when the simple interpretation of Hikdimu Pelayin is that they talked without even seeing. Even before. Which maybe might be the pshat. They knew what they were going to say even before they went. Maybe that's one idea of Hikdimu Pelayin. The problem was they didn't go to see. They were mocked a bit. They could have said exactly the same thing before they went. They were mocked in Pelayin. Right? And they made it up. But really, we know that's not the pshat. Why? Because they did see. And they said MS at the beginning. They said MS, right? What did the Miraglim say? They say what they saw. So what do you mean, Hikdimu Pelayin? They talked after they saw. Explains to Schwab, they did say something after they saw, but you know what? Maybe a combination of what we just said. They didn't really see. Because two people can see the same thing and see very different things. Hine on top left. We use our senses to be able to connect to the world around us. Two people look at the same thing. We can see the two, two people can see the same thing. And we won't realize what we're seeing. Right? One person can see the cup half full. Literally, one person can see the cup half empty. Right? The Pasik in Vayera. Vayara samakomerachok. They saw the Haramoria from afar. Mara, what they see? Ra Anan Kashura Lahar. They saw a cloud on the mountain. Or a fire. Amar, Domashosa Makamushamali Kadashbarakalakov is Banisham. Avram says, that must be the spot. 
They looked at it only with physical eyes. They would have saw the Kedusha of Hebron. They would have saw it as they come up from the south. They would have seen the Makam HaKeda. They see the Kedusha. They wouldn't have melted the hearts of their brethren. They would have lit their, their, their fellow Jews on fire. Oh, no, we can do it. But because they already kind of decided beforehand what they were going to say, they were mocked to Pella Ayin, right? So that's the, that's the, uh, that was the problem. Why? And also, B'nai Yisrael didn't realize what they had with the Beis Hamikdash and with Yerushalayim and with Eretz Yisrael. They didn't appreciate it. They didn't realize it. And the Chorban came from the Meraglim. Because it was the same lack of perspective. Right? When we see Eretz Yisrael, we have to see, and those who are those of us who all have the schuss to live here, we, we can't stop re- recognizing the unique qualities. When you drive and you see the gorgeous mountains, my kids always make fun of me, look at the mountains! Ah, but you always say that. But look at the mountains! We can't let it wear off. We can't let it wear off. I think the Basayin, I've quoted this story before. The Basayin, Avrecher in, uh, in Svat. So when he came with his some of his chassidim, when he came to Svat, whenever it was, in the 1800s, uh, after a few weeks, you know, he was feeling a little... Uh, did I make the right decision? I left a lot of Hasidim in Europe. What a... He said, I need to go my study. He goes in his study for two weeks. They pass him food under the door. He doesn't leave. After two weeks, he comes out and he's a different person. He's shining. He's looking around. They said, what happened? He says, I was here for two weeks and all of a sudden, after two weeks, I, I saw dirt. I didn't want to see dirt around me when I looked around. I, I went in there and now I see diamonds again. Now wherever I look, I see diamonds. We have to see diamonds. We have to see diamonds and have the proper perspective as the Gemara then the Ksubis. Remember that Amorim used to roll around in the dirt and fix the roads. We have to recognize the, the gavels. Okay. One more point relating to, uh, to the Maraglim and then we'll get to the next stage of the, of the Parsha. Rapinkus points out, They lifted up their, their, their voices and they cried, Vayi Lonu, and they complained. And they complained, Manora Mashima Saperislanu Atora Kanbinyan Maraglim Mitsuno Sehem. What's the message for us? What's the message for us? See quotes we know in Dvarim <coughs> in the first parak, the Pasik says, Vatiragnu Balechem Atomru, Bisinas Hashem Osanu, Hotsiano Meeris Bitsrayim. Right, the psychology principle called projection. But Israel say, oh, God hates us. Rashi quotes, Well, when you think of someone else, you say that's what it feels about you. Because B'nai Israel, you know, felt that way about God. They said God felt that way about them. Oh, that, that teacher hates me, a child sometimes says. Right, but maybe it's a little different. But obviously, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not have any negative feelings towards them. Why they feel that way? Why they do that? Line six. Hashem gives them the man and Karla Mazayam and, and did everything. How could they complain about that? 
Vigamuanu, Hainza Kore Yom Yom says Rapinka. So what about us? Adam Chaiba, Lomashla Kharish Barhu, Briyaz Yesh, Pranasa Yesh, Bishbacha Yesh. Look what we have. We're alive. Right? I just heard last night in the name of the Kutzker. Vachayitin Alibo. Pasik says. Right? The Chayitin Alibo. The Pashas, the context of the Pasik is that he'll see that, you know, uh, all the important things. Vachayitin Alibo. The Kutzker says, you know what the Chayitin Alibo? That he's Chai. Vachayitin Alibo. Shehu Chai. Isn't that enough of Hakaras Atov Takarish Baruchu? And if we have a Parnassa and we have a roof over our heads and we have a family, Kore Mashu, something happens. I went to the bank and it was closed. They're closed on Mondays. And I go here and I forgot to bring this. And I go, and we get there and there are no spots somewhere. And we have to circle around. Why is Hashem doing this to me? What is he doing this to you for? And what about the other 98%? Okay, he does this. Life's about uh, challenges. That's what life's about. Avram Avinu had a, had a famine. Right? We all have our, our little Arnisionos, big or little. But Cesar Pink is what we have to learn from our parsha is to keep a perspective. Similar to what we just said earlier. How dangerous it is. And he quotes and he continues uh, on line 24. It says, every day, do we even realize what we're saying? Every day we say in modim, you do everything for me every second. And what happens in an hour from now when we can't find the spot? And what? We just said it. We just forget. We forget. It's hard. It's hard. But we have to try to do our best to prepare ourselves. What did I do wrong to deserve that? And we don't understand it, but generally, it's a good thing. Whatever happens is Hashem is in charge, right? We just don't understand it. We just don't realize it. But we have to remember. Things work out. Things work out often. Things work out often. Right? Uh, sometimes we, you know, we forget something at home. So we have to go back. We're ready. It took us so long to get the family. Oh, we forgot something. You have to go back. And then when you go back, oh, Baruch Hashem, I went back. Thank God I went back. I didn't want to forget this. Right? Or, you know, we didn't turn the alarm on. Whatever it is. That's a little thing, but we have to recognize most of the time we don't see how, oh, now I understand. We're not supposed to understand. We're not supposed to understand. But we have to recognize, you know, putting things into perspective. Okay. Yudalad Gimel. So what happens right after the Miraglim? We try to do tshuva. We try to do tshuva. And what happens? Hashem, what are you doing? Hashem, what are you doing? Why do you know? You're not going in. Okay, let's go. But you pull out Moshe of Aaron up and Aem, the Chulu, Imchafitz Banu, etc. Let me just find the Pasik. He built the Yicholas Hashem, Chulu Hashem, and then finally we have um, the Maafilim. They wake up in the morning and they say, um, you know, let's. Let's go, let's do it. Why? Don't try it. What changed? What changed? They, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. I said, okay, fine, you're not going. No, we want to go, we want to go. What changed? So we mentioned this thought eight years ago. But I thought it was worthwhile to repeat. <laughs> Says Reb Naiman in the Darkei Musar in source number eight, in the name of the Saba from Kelm. Godol ha-metsuba v'yoseh, mimishayin ha-metsuba v'yoseh. If we have to do something, the Sahara works hard. You have to go up. Okay, I'm going to do everything I can to get you not to go. And he succeeded. And we fell for it. 
Hashem said, okay, you're not going. The very next second, okay, let's go. Right? We could all wake up very early to catch a flight to go on vacation. Right? But to wake up every morning for chakras on time, to go to the Shia before davening, it's much harder. Much harder, because the Yitzhahara works for a He doesn't have to work. When it's Enam and Suva, do what you want. Right when the, the Tzivui switched, they didn't have a problem anymore. Didn't have a problem anymore. Shabit la'kadosh baruch hu mitzvah shalohem likanes la'aretz shuv batal ha'yitzahara v'nigmar tafkido done va'az chazul la'seichal yashar see after there's no yitzahara anymore so eretz yisrael eretz atovah v'ram masu nafshem aleha and they went up Moshe said it's not going to work no more mitzvah but either way this is it shamati and then he quotes something from the kashnan sir but let's skip down for a minute to line twenty kedaver bazeh matzina parshas bo. Parshas Bo, what does Moshe say? Go please, please, you know, ask the Mitzrayim for some stuff before we go. Ask Avram to say that I didn't fulfill the bris ben Abbasarim. So you know, do me a favor. Go ask the Mitzrayim for some for some uh, spoils. What did they please for? Just tell them. Go get money. Go take the gold and silver. Explains the Saba Mikelm. If he would have been it, they could have thought of some excuses not to take it. I don't want to stoop to their level. Stealing. I don't want to take their stuff. We mentioned, I think, ten years ago. I would have put it again. I just remembered it. The Zayim Torah. Unbelievable. The Zayim Torah says... You know, why do you have to, like, really ask them here? German reparations. Not such a clear-cut issue. Yes, they, they, they killed us. At least give us some money. Or others say, I don't want to take a dime from them. I'm not taking anything from them. Boy, they're going to get atonement with this. I'm going to take some stuff. So it's a big discussion, which we're not weighing in on right now. But says the Zayn Torah, that might have been the discussion in those days. So if they would have been mitzuvah, to fulfill the mitzvah of Brisbane Abbasarim, they could have thought of excuses. We don't want any. No, it's okay. We're not going to take any. And therefore the Sabbath from Kelm says, Hashem didn't command them. You know what? You go take some, it'll be nice. Because then there's no tzivui. Then they'll be able to take it. And he quotes this all the time. He quotes, he quotes the halacha. He quotes the halacha. Again, the, the application applies today, even though we don't have this reality anymore. Right? You're not allowed to uh, dav- start eating a big meal when it's almost time for mincha. And what's the, oh, if you started already, you don't have to be mafsik. What happens if you, what, what's called starting your suda? When you opened your belt, the Gemara says. Pasach avneto. Pasach avneto. Says the Gemara, so dive without the belt. Va'od, is it so hard to put the belt back on? Answers the Gemara. You can't dive without the belt because you have to dive in properly. And, you know, Tosa says, so, so just put the belt back on. Right? What's the answer? Because if you have to put the belt back on, it's going to be very hard to put the belt back on. Anything that you have to do is difficult. And is, I shouldn't say difficult, is more challenging. And God And we to recognize that, and that's why it switched Right away, right when there was no more mitzvah to go up, so that was it. They did not go. They did not go up. Okay. Yudalid Yud. Let's go back for a moment. I'm sorry, I just went a little bit out of order, and then uh, we'll have one final thought on the end of the parsha. Um, nothing to do with the miracle. What happened? So Kalev and, and Yeshua tried their best. Try their best and don't rebel. Pasik Yud. Vayomru Kol Haeda. Lirgom osam ba'avanim. And the whole Ada was ready to stone them. Ukvod Hashem nirabo'amoid el-kol b'nei Yisrael. The Kvod Hashem stepped in and kind of broke up the fight. The Anan came down. When somebody has an argument with you, you want to stone them? And it says here, kol ha'eda. That's pretty, pretty extreme. Pretty extreme. Cesar ben Sir Fira, Hagyona Shal Torah, source number nine. The Hikach Darko Shal Olam, Rogbin Bavanimo Anashim Shekvar Asura, Bruimim Shi is Nakmu Bahim, Anashim Setsuyim Sakana Lasid. Right? Who do you stone? You stone somebody who does Chayv Misa. 
What's going on here? Kol Eida. Is this possible? Fine. Moshe and Aaron, Mela. They took them out of Mitzrayim. What do they do? But Kalev and Yoshua? What's, what's going on here? So says the Hegyona Shal Torah. Says Rabbi Messiah Fierer. Next page. Amnam Yeah. We think it's far from us, but again, the message could still be taken for us. When somebody else tells me the truth, which I was trying to run away from, and it hits me in the face, and I know that I'm wrong, and I know that they're saying the truth, that, that, that hurts me at the core. It hurts me so my essence when I know that that's the truth. Again, in a Malchamta Shal Torah, when there are two people fighting in Torah, hopefully between Chavruses, the point is to get to the truth. And if one Chavrus has to give up, great! They're sown him and they become all of him. But in life, when somebody tells me the truth and I recognize it, it hurts. It hurts a lot. Again, there has to be a deep, strong relationship in order to get beyond that and past that. That's what spouses are for, right? To tell the other spouse the truth. And sometimes, even if it hurts, we got to, that's the purpose, because you're a team. And says the Metzir Führer, Tiva shal emes, she nechneses el halev, vein erotzalateis misham, ubezos hasakana lebarchimimana. You can't run away. Can't run away. And therefore, right now, B'nai Yisrael, they heard the truth. Deep down. Deep down, they already did it. It was a, it was a snowball and they've already complained and, and it's, but, but they knew it and that's why they said, Robman Bavanim. Such a strong reaction because they realized that. They realized that. He says, the second half of his, uh, thoughts here, he says, and add that on to the facts, that people are used to where they grew up, even if it wasn't the most perfect of circumstances and, and neighborhoods. You know what you're used to. Right? They were used to Mitzrayim. They weren't used to Eretz Canaan. And that made it even harder for them. Again, they were wrong. They were 100% wrong and they were punished for it. But again, that's also part of the issue that is that is mentioned here. Okay, one final thought on... One of the six mitzvahs tamidios that appears in our parsha, we know the only losa say out of the mitzvahs tamidio. Actually, avodazar, avodazar also. Uh, but again, avas Hashem, yiras Hashem, yichud Hashem, belief in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, avodazara, velosa surach velavavchem achreinich. Not following our eyes and our hearts. Sefer Achinuch, this we mentioned before, should pay Zion. We can't follow our heart or our eyes. What's the Avera? Not to be miyached our thoughts. Again, niyached, that's an important word. Cause, cause a thought that comes in for a second in our, in our mind, we're human beings. We're human beings. Something might pop into our head for a second. But, we can't be miyached. We can't focus. We have to try to get rid of the thought. Thoughts that are opposite of what the Torah is built on. Right? This is both in terms of heresy and in terms of inappropriate um, behavior between uh, in the sexual realm. Obviously. Right? These are, this is what is included in this Isser. And Shorosh Mitzvah Zu The Shorosh is Nigla, meaning, says the Chinuch, the Isser is in the realm of Machshava, because the Machshava is the first step to the Maisa. We think we know Avos and Toldos. We know in Shabbos, in Tuma, in Nezikin, but there are other Avos and, and Toldos. Averis. The Avos of Averis are the Machshavos. And the Toldos are the Maisim. If you kill the father, you won't have any children. 
kill the machshava. If we stop it there, if we prevent that, Vimtiskas, we have to do our best. And again, a huge topic looking in the Simonim and Evan Ezra about this. But the Rambam gives us a little strategy. We need a lot of strategies. Right? There are very few places. The Sma in Choshe Mishpat. I didn't give it to you. But the Sma in Choshe Mishpat, I think it's in Simon Tess, points out that there's only a few times in all of Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch, that the Shulchan Aruch says, Ma'od, Ma'od. Be very careful. Ma'od, Ma'od. The Shulchan Aruch says it by Pikuach Nefesh. Right? Pikuach Nefesh, saving somebody's life. The Shulchan Aruch says it there by Shochad. The tour. Shochad, taking a bribe. Right, the Shulchan says, says it in a few places. He says it in the world of Arayos. In the Simon and Eben Ezra about the Harchakas from Arayos, Ma'od, Ma'od. Let's be very careful. So the Chinuch continues, we don't have time to read the whole Chinuch, but the Rambam, the last Rambam in Hilchos Isurebiya. The Rambam gives us a little strategy. Says the Rambam's last source. Ein l'chadavar b'chol ha shu adam. There is nothing in the whole Torah. The Rambam is saying that the Rambam was not only a rabbi, he was a doctor. He knew people. There is no greater Yitzhahara in the world. In this area. Right, the person has a taiva for them. So what's the, what's the strategy? How do you, how do you solve? Again, many things. What's the Ramam strategy? We're to try to purify our hearts and our minds and our das. But how, how? Says the Rambam at the end. Says the Rambam at the end. Fill our minds, fill our minds with Torah and mitzvot and good things. Because the Rambam has the beautiful ending. Yisera mikolze, Amru Yifana Atzmo b'machshavasulu divrei Torah v'yarchiv daito b'chachma. Why? She'ein machshaves arayos miskaberes ela belev panui min hachachma. Our mind is a vacuum. Something's going to get in. If our mind is filled up with Torah and mitzvot, then there's no room for anything else. And that's what we have to do. Because an empty mind is a dangerous mind. And it's going to be filled up with something. And we, and our children, and all the that we know, we have to fill it up. Our HaKadosh Baruch Hu created man. The mind is our, is our unique characteristic. Our intellect, our koach adibor. So it's going to be filled up. So what we have to do is to fill it up with good things so there's no room for anything else. And that's the Rambam's strategy for us. Talmud Torah, right? Other important matters that we could focus on. And Beth Hashem, we should all have Siyat HaDashmai in all of our Avodos, um, especially in this one. Okay, we'll stop here. And again, Hashem, next week from Hopeza uh, Mashiach will come tomorrow. But if not, uh, the next uh, couple of weeks will be from uh, from Chutz Laaretz. And Beth Hashem will be back here um, in about a uh, month and a half, two months. Okay, we'll stop here.